0: Announcing the Open Source for America campaign, next on Novell Open Audio. Welcome to Nobel Open Audio, the podcast that connects the Nobel user community with what's going on inside and around the Nobel universe. I'm your host, Aaron Quill. Today, Open Source for America was announced. Open Source for America is a conglomeration of over 50 different companies, academic institutions, communities, and related groups that have come together to really promote the benefit of open source and how it can benefit the U.S. federal government. When you take a look at the list of companies and academic institutions that are part of this, it is really a who's who in open source. We're talking people like Red Hat, Novell, Canonical, Sun, Oracle, O'Reilly Publishing. Go to their website, take a look. It is an incredible list. But what's even more incredible is when you take a look at who the board of advisors are. We're talking about people like Tim O'Reilly, Simon Phipps, who we actually have a chance to talk to today, Mark Shuttleworth from Canonical, Bill Voss, and many, many others. We recorded four separate interviews, and we're going to release them as four separate small podcasts so that you can really get a flavor for what everybody's trying to achieve with Open Source for America. So without further ado, here's our first interview. Hello, this is Aaron Quill with Novell, and today I have the privilege to have Tom Raymond, the Executive Vice President of Corporate Affairs with Red Hat on the phone. Tom, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, and thank you for the opportunity.
0: It's a privilege to have you. We also have Roger Burkhart, who's the president and CEO of Ingress on the line.
2: Roger, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be part of this.
0: My first question is, what was the need for the open source for America to come together?
1: Well, I think, first of all, it was really a matter of timing. There's never been a better time to really focus on the open source opportunity, particularly as it relates to the opportunity with arguably the largest IT customer in the world, and that's the U.S. federal government. When we had President Obama sworn into office on January 20th, on January 21st, he issues an executive order. And in that executive order, he talks about the importance of transparency, participation, collaboration, and openness on the part of the federal government. And so I think that was a wake up call to all of us in the open source community here in the United States about how things had changed a bit in Washington and the opportunity to stand up and be counted and to talk about the virtues of open source software had never been better. So that's really the key event which occurred, which caused a number of companies like mine and like Roger's and like our friends at Novell to come together and say, how can we create an organization which can be the voice of open source in Washington?
2: I think many of the open source companies, certainly at Ingress and Red Hat, recognize that there's a tremendous amount of education and awareness required for government to get the full value of open source. As we work with different governments around the world, we see an awful lot that we can share to allow governments in the United States to get full value out of open source. Uh, It's been estimated that there's a $3.7 billion potential savings for the U.S. federal government, plus the ability to dramatically accelerate government delivery of services and improve transparency, and all this hinges on good understanding of how to get the benefits out of open source.
0: So what really is the mission of the OSA, and, and what is it that you're trying to achieve in the short term?
1: I think we're really trying to achieve three or four things here. Number one, to educate the U.S. federal government decision makers about all the advantages of open source software, at least in the area of software procurement. Secondly, it's an opportunity to encourage federal agencies to give equal priority when procuring software for the federal government, equal priority to that of proprietary software. Thirdly, We hope to provide an effective voice for the open source community within the federal government. And finally, very important to all of our friends in the open source world, we hope to be able to help organize the open source community, to be able to collaborate with the federal government on open source solutions to some of the major technology challenges and problems which the U.S. government is facing today.
2: There's a great opportunity here for Open Source for America to enable the sharing of best practices and the use of Open Source across the whole of U.S. government. And in fact, to learn from experience around the world, one of the things that we see at Ingress is governments around the world are moving to a second generation of policy around Open Source, which is much more action-oriented and involves changes to the procurement practices to enable government to get the benefit of traumatic savings and accelerate the provision of government services.
0: When I take a look at your advisory team, I mean, it really is a dream team of open source luminaries. Who's on your team and what are their roles?
1: We have a number of uh, very important people within the open source world and the technology world who have graciously consented to be on our board of governors, including Roger. We have folks like Mitch Baker, Eben Moglin, Tim O'Reilly, Mark Shuttleworth, Major General Doug Stone, Andy Updegrove, Jim Zemlin, president of the Linux Foundation, and a number of other folks.
2: When you look at the advisory board, it really is a dream team in terms of people who have long and deep experience with open source. I think every member of the team has a different background and brings different things based on what their experiences have been. Uh, For myself, I I have uh, half a dozen years in a CIO role actually adopting open source uh, at a major commercial enterprise, the New York Stock Exchange. And I also hope to bring uh, into this enterprise the experiences of Ingress that has successful projects all around the world in health, education, tax, defense, and other infrastructure services. And so what we'll look to do is to bring together those experiences and make sure those best practices can get promulgated across the U.S. government.
0: How do potential members join if they listen to this and they want to go out and become a member of the OSA? What do they have to do?
1: Actually, that's very simple. You just go to our website, opensourceforamerica.org, all one word. Just follow the instructions there. There will be an online application, which take you a minute to fill out. We will get back to you with further information once you have applied for membership.
0: And what can they expect as a member?
1: First of all, it's important for everyone to understand that for all intents and purposes so far, we're a voluntary organization, voluntary in the sense that companies like mine, Red Hat, Ingress, and Novell, and Sun, and Google, and many others have contributed a significant amount of their people's time to bring this organization to where it's at today. So when someone joins, one of the things that we hope to be able to do is to be able to communicate with them, make them aware of what's going on in the open source world as it relates to Washington, D.C. But unfortunately, we don't have a huge infrastructure in place to put out communications every day. So far, this is a quasi-voluntary organization. One of the things we've talked about is coordinating a study within the U.S. federal government where we would look at the use of open source within the various federal agencies and come up with some sort of a rating system so that folks would know significant amount of open source being used in the DOD or significant amount in Department of Commerce or whatever the situation may be. Second thing we've talked about and hope to do before the end of the year is to actually have an open source day in Washington where we would invite folks who are members of the organization company representatives to come to Washington for a day uh, sometime hopefully before the end of the year when you'd have an opportunity to meet with your respective member of Congress. Tell that person how important open source is to your particular business and how you think open source can be beneficial to the U.S. federal government.
2: I just encourage open source companies to join in this program. I think there's an awful lot that we can learn from each other about uh, doing business with the federal government and making it easy for the federal government to get the full benefit out of open source. And I see many software companies now that have a history of having grown up uh, without the use of open source, so are now saying it's time to change our model. And I'd encourage those companies, too, to get involved here and to get the full benefits out of this initiative.
0: You mentioned a second generation of open source. What do you mean by that?
2: Well, we've seen in a number of countries around the world, countries like the Netherlands and the U.K., that their first experience with open source policy, where they declared that it was basically a good idea and encouraged people to use it, really didn't change behavior, and that their governments didn't get the benefit of open source, because they hadn't got down to the next level of detail and thought about their procurement policies. And it's interesting to see how some of those governments are now coming out with a second generation of policy. And just for example, the UK government came out in February with a new policy, which actually requires systems integrators who are bidding for government contracts to propose open source or, if not, to explain why they didn't use open source. It also requires people bidding for the government business to allow their software to be reused so that if it's procured for one part of the government and they don't need it anymore, it can be used somewhere else. These are the kind of concrete, action-oriented components of this next generation of open source policies in government. The evidence we're seeing is that they really are changing behavior now these governments are starting to make the savings, improve transparency, and get greater speed to market with government services as a result of really getting to an action-oriented policy.
1: Tom
0: and Roger, thanks a lot for sitting down and talking to me today, and also really thanks a lot for all your help on Open Source for America.
2: Hey, we're glad to help. Looking forward to a great program here. Bye-bye for now.
0: that completes part one of our series of open source for america stay tuned and listen to the other three remember that novell open audio is brought to you by novell users international as well as novell incorporated most of our content is directed by our listener community so please send us your feedback by email at openaudio at novell.com or by leaving comments on our website at novell.com slash
1: that's it for this time have a good one